Get your Bibles out and go to um, Exodus chapter 15, verse 3. Exodus 15, 3. We're going we're gonna to talk. We've got a Father's Day sermon today for all you fathers. And when you leave, you will be happy and your wife will be different. Ladies, it's not your day. But you will leave a better woman. And your husband will leave a better man. Come on. The word does not return void. It does not ever come return void. I'm going to say this. I think the adult male is the most misunderstood creature on the planet. I really, really do. I really, really believe that. Because, you know, uh, um, my family... When I got born again, they, they didn't know what to do with me. I, I grew up hunting, fishing, trapping, stealing people's horses and riding them. You know, before noodling was cool, I used to go down to the river and dive under rocks, snatch my dinner out and take it home. I mean, I just, and then I got born again. And my family's like, what's this going to look like? How do you take that wild guy and put him in a suit? Well, I, I fit real well. But God never did get the wild out. He wanted it there. So today we're going to talk about a man and what is a man. A man is made in the image of God. In the Bible, in the book of Genesis, Adam was referred to as a son of God. Now, we've messed that up so bad, like Jesus is the only one there was. In his day, there was. But when God made Adam, he made Adam as close to himself as he could possibly. And a man is the highest creation God has ever made on this planet. Satan fears you knowing who you are. He's intimidated by you. We've got a, a, a doctrine out called the Nephilim. I, I wish people would just quit being stupid. It's all about how the giants came from demons who had sex. What you just told me is a devil is bigger than God and bigger than a man. The man that he's referring to, the, the sons of God, had the daughters of men, Eve, and they made babies, and they were all giants before the flood. One man whooped hell, Jesus. That would mean that every devil in hell is not stronger than one man. And we've lost so far sight of what a man is, we've reduced him to jokes on television. And I think it's time to get our ground back. So I'm going to show you a scripture. And ladies, you've got to hold on to the end of the sermon. The Lord is a man of war. Really? That would mean God is a man of war? Yeah. That would mean Jesus was a man of war. When he comes back, people are going to find out he ain't the lamb now, baby. He's a lion of the tribe of Judah, and there's going to be. Okay. And the Lord is his name. That would mean that Adam was a man of war. Why do you think God told him to guard the garden? Because he's a man of war. He, was, he didn't tell Eve to do it. If he'd have just stepped in and told Eve to sit back and never mind. 
Don't give your wife your job. Oh, ladies, just hang with me a minute. That would mean Jesus is a man of war. So I'm going to show you something today, and I'm going to help you with something, because in society today, the rule of thumb is this. You've got to do something with your anger. Why? Is it, are you being like God? Okay, let me ask you a question. Does God sin? Does he get angry? Whoa, you just answered a question. Is anger the sin? Or what do you do with it? It's what you do with it. A man who never gets angry is referred to in our society as a wuss. He's a worthless couch potato. You do not want to be married to him. I'm going to come over here and preach. I'm not getting anything here. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, man, I'm going to help you out a little bit. The difference is you have two races of men in the earth. You have an Adam race, which is a failure. You have a Jesus race, which is victorious. Both of them are warriors. Jesus was a warrior. Here's the difference. One of them is uncontrolled warrior, and the other one is a controlled warrior. You see, you want your, if, if, if something's not going right, you want your husband to get mad about it. Mad enough to sit back, pray, find out, and go fix the problem. There ain't nothing worse. There ain't nothing I hate worse than a coward. I, I hate a, a man. Yeah, whatever. We just had a, well, I'm just going to say it this way. In the news this week, it was the Pride Week, but I think that Pride comes before fall. And on the Internet, it said, they were mad as H because someone rained them out. <laughs> Say, God is good. And I, I was sitting at home and I told Lisa, I said, I have never in the longest years I've lived in Florida seen it rain so hard from morning to noon. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I don't, ain't no front. No. There, there, it rains in Florida because of the heat. Well, they, it ain't even hot. I said, I think God's stopping. I don't know what God's doing, but he's flooding someone out right now. It wasn't like the last flood, but it was enough to take the banners home. Okay, never mind. That's all I'm going to say about it before they kick me off Facebook. Again, again. I've been kicked off before. I don't know what I said, but it apparently wasn't right. I want you to get in your Bibles and go to 1 Samuel chapter 25. I'm going to read a story. And when I say that, I'm going to read the whole chapter. So there is a scripture in the Bible that says give attendance to reading. So because there are stories in our Bible that we need to read. And the other day I was praying about Father's Day. I was all excited. And the Lord said, I have something I want you to do. And he gave me this story. He said, I want you to teach them the difference between a God man and a not God man. And he said, and you're going to find out that both of them are warriors. God never took the masculinity out of you. Now, the world thinks you have an anger problem. 
their husbands have an anger problem because they're not born again. You don't need to get rid of your anger. You need to get Jesus. Amen. Come on, I'm preaching better than you. Amen. So, so that has, if, if what I just said is true, you have to be able to find that in the Bible. Am I right? All right, now we're going to study two men. Chapter 1 Samuel 25, verse 2. David moved down to the wilderness of Moan. There was a wealthy man from Moan who owned property near the town of Carmel. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was sheep shearing time. This man's name was Nabal. His wife, Abigail, was a sensible and beautiful woman. Now, now right, underline that, ladies, you're going to want. He didn't say she was just beautiful. Beauty's vain. Because you didn't do it. There's not, if you're beautiful, there's nothing to brag on. Your, your mom and daddy gets the credit for that. But if you're a sensible, intelligent, beautiful woman, well, you found something now. Some of you ladies ought to say, amen. I found me one. When I married Lisa, I nicknamed her Leather and Lace and Fire and Ice. Because I found out she can put on a dress and be the most beautiful female and then put her on a horse and she'll beat it half to death and make it mine. Now, see, I'm going to tell you girls something. When a, when, a, when a young man takes you water skiing, forget your hair. I, I noticed that. I know I'm coming over here. He ain't. Looking at your hair. He wants to know if you'll get in the boat with him, get on the skis with him, and go have fun. You, you can dry your hair. I've got to tell you all a story. One day we had a, 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 a young adults meeting at our house, and all the girls showed up and sat in the chairs. And all the guys were out on the wakeboard. And they came in, and Lisa said, what about the girls? And they went, what girls? And all the girls went home pretty, and none of them got a date. Uh, ladies, I'm going to help you. if I, Men, help me out right now. Never mind. There's only one thing if you marry someone like Lisa. You have to learn how to ski all day. Lisa packs a backpack full of granola bars and leaves the house in the morning, and they have to throw her off the ski lift. Please, one more time. It's midnight, lady. Quit. <laughs> and I've, I finally got enough backbone to go get a Starbucks while she takes another three runs. And it's okay. I'm man enough to let her go. There ain't a man out there that could catch her, that could hold her. You bring her back, I guarantee you that. <laughs> she got vinegar in her in her blood. Amen. Oh, that's enough of that. Abigail was a sensible and a beautiful woman, but Nabal, a descendant of Caleb, was crude and mean in all of his dealings. Say Adam is not a good guy. We're going to find that out. When David heard that Nabal was shearing his sheep, he sent ten of his young men to Carmel with a message for Nabal, peace and prosperity to you. 
and your family. And everything you own, I am told that is sheep shearing time. While your shepherds stayed among us in Carmel, we never harmed them. Nothing was ever stolen from them. Ask your men, and they will tell you this is true. So would, would you be kind to us and, send, and come at this time of celebration and share provisions that you have on hand with us? Your friend, David. David's young men gave the message to Nabal and Nabal's name, to David's name, and they waited for a reply. Now, what I'm about to say to you, I, I don't want to read it until I give you the background. There is a political war going on between the Democrats and the Republicans. It's been going on for a long, long time, guys. It's not just in America. It's been going on. It's between Saul's men and David's. And David has been cheated out of the throne. Oh, boy. So there are people who believe David should be on the throne. And there are people who believe Saul should be on the throne. And Saul is after David and attacking him for things he didn't do. Does anybody sound like we're reading the newspaper? It's the newspapers and very old. I'm having more fun than y'all. Amen. And y'all, you know. Okay. Let me see, where was I before? Who is this fellow David? He knows who David is. David, David who? Who's he to me? Listen to his word. Nabal sneered at the young man. Who does this son of Jesse? Son of who? Who's Jesse? Now, this is a rich snob. Jesse? I've never seen him at the country club. Who's Jesse? There's, a, there's an issue going on here in this man's soul. What does the son of Jesse think he is? There are lots of servants who ran away from their masters. He's saying, David, ain't nothing but a servant boy that left his master Saul. I don't want to have anything to do with that. So this is all political. Should I take my bread and my water? And my meat that I've slaughtered from my shears and give it to a band of outlaws? Outlaws. The next king of Israel, an outlaw. Washington, pay attention. The outlaws coming back. Y'all slow. <laughs> Glory to God. There is a God. And he's on the throne. And he can fix stupid people. One way or the other. All right. So David's young men returned and told him what Nabal said. Get your swords, David's reply. Strap them on. 400 men started off after David. 300 remained. He had 400. Now he's got 600 with the equipment. Meanwhile, one of Nabal's servants went to Abigail and told her, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master. But he screamed insults at them. These men have been very good to us and never suffered any harm from them. Nothing was stolen from us the whole time that we were with them. In fact, day and night, they were like a wall of protection to us and our sheep. You need to know this, and you need, Abigail, you need to figure out what to do about it. There is going to be trouble in Gildor. Oh, that's Princess Bride. I'm sorry. There will be trouble, and our master and the whole family, he's so ill-tempered, no one can even talk to him. Now, listen, this is an anger. This is called uncontrolled anger. Okay. Abigail wasted no time. She quickly gathered 200 loaves of bread. Who has 200 loaves of bread laying around? 
Not me. We have two sometimes, but we don't have no two of them. Two wineskins full of wine, five sheep that had been slaughtered, nearly a bushel of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisin, 200 fig cakes. I would like to have a fig cake. She packed them on donkeys and said to the servants, go ahead of me, I will follow. But she did not tell her husband what she's doing. All right, one of the, say sensible. You need to learn something, ladies. There is a time to talk and a time not to talk. And there are some people you talk to, it's a waste of your time. Now, she's about, she's going, forget telling Nabal. Let's go fix the problem. Now, I'm going to make a statement, ladies, and just hold it with me for a minute. In the garden, the Bible said that God said, let's make him a helper meet for him. You're a helper. You're not his mother. You're not his boss. He's a man. And he's a man made in the image of God with the character of God. Now, let me tell you something. If you're wise, um, let me get ahead of myself. Your husband can take you where you can't go alone. So his success is your success. His downfall is yours. You said, but he doesn't know what he's doing. Help him. Don't mother him. Let's go deeper. Please say amen. amen. Every man will fail. As a matter of fact, you will fail more than you will succeed. Never scold him for failing. The only answer to scolding him for failure is to quit. And you don't want him to quit. Now, you, they're going to deal with rebellion, which we're going to see in a minute she's going to. Y'all is awfully quiet. I'm going to come over here and preach to you. I'm just stand right here and preach to you. I know. You can do what you want to today. You can even say amen, amen. and get dinner tonight. That's good. All right, let's go. <laughs> now, where was I, Lisa? Verse 28. 20. Woo. Oh, I got to. As she was riding her donkey to the, to the mountain ravine, she saw David and his men coming toward her. David had just been saying, a lot of good it did for me to help this guy. We protected his flocks in the wilderness, and nothing he owned was lost or stolen, but he repaid me evil, for, me evil with good. May God strike me and kill me if one man is left in his house by sun up. Now, hold on, hold on David. You're letting your ego get a little ahead of you here, buddy. Does she see it? She sees it. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed. And all of the women in the word of life went, uh-uh. Ain't bowing to nobody, baby. Now, this is a scripture I know you want to tear out of your Bible, but you're going to have to leave it in there. 
What is submission? It is humility. Only God can make a man a king. You can't. But only a king can make you a queen. Submission is the greatest gift God's given you as a female. Because a man submitted to and respected will take you where you can't go. Respect is not weakness. Respect and submission is character. Now, we're, I'm going to read this to you. She is a wealthy, rich, beautiful woman, and she's not stupid. But she also knows something. She's standing in front of a man that's fixing to be the next king, and she knows it. She's fixing to do something smart and sensible. What's she going to do? She's going to have to change his mind. Uh, let's notice what she didn't do. Let's, let's talk about what didn't happen. Nabal, what the heck were you doing? These guys coming down here want something to eat. You've been a mean son of a gun all your dead burn life. I'm going to have to go down there and talk to David and get you out of this mess. What, the, what did I marry? What My mama told me not to marry you. Get on my donkey and ride down there and have David, you're supposed to be the next king. You supposed you run around with your sword acting like everybody's Goliath. You don't you coming down to my house swinging your sword, killing them in my house. That ain't happening. Ladies, men help me out. I, I, listen, if you will say amen one time, I will help you. <laughs> say my husband is a warrior. And you want him to be. She knows that David is a warrior. God did not take it out of him. But he does need a little sense. Ladies. Oh, Y'all slow. <laughs> you know, this subject in America today, I mean, a woman, a, a, a woman who uses the word submission has just cussed we don't cuss in this house because the word is so completely misunderstood now let me prove it to you I'm going to prove it to you you say well David ain't Jesus do you submit to God why well he's gone what about his son God placed something in a man to make him want to go out in, in, in the world and win. A man is a winner. He eats and, and, and his food is respect. When he's worn out, what he needs to eat is not a protein bar. He needs to come home to a woman and say, baby, it was a bad day. And she needs to pull him up and go, you the man. I mean, of all the men in the world, I married you. You know why? Because I'm smart. Now, the reason I married you, I don't know what's going on at work, but they don't hold nothing to you, baby. 
Now go back out there, and when you're on the way home, buy me some flowers and maybe get me a diamond or two while you're at it. Come on, man, I am trying my best to help you out right now. <laughs> Y'all didn't even know this story was in here the other day. Y'all ain't never even read this. Okay, well, now where was I when I stopped? I don't know. What was scripture was that? 23, thank you, lady. Abigail saw David. She quickly got off her donkey and bowed low before him. She fell at his feet and said, I accept all blame. Wait a minute. For that old idiot? Remember, she is a good woman. Nobody said her husband was a good man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you something in a minute, and all you ladies are going to go, oh, I think I get something here. Please listen to what I have to say to you. She's not going to scold him because she's fixing to reason with him. But she's doing it from a point of submission. Nabal is a wicked man. And he'll turn. Don't pay any attention to him. He's a fool, just like his name suggests. And I never saw your young men that sent you. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives, you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering, taking vengeance in your own hands, let all of your enemies who try to harm you be cursed as Nabal is. And here is a present that I have, I, your servant, have brought you and your young men. Please forgive me if I've offended you in any way. The Lord will reward you with a lasting dynasty, for you are fighting the Lord's battles. She's not rebuking him for his, his attitude. She's saying, please think about what you're about to do. She's interceding for a bad husband, and she's making a statement. Let God vindicate you. Now, we're going to see in a minute, this works in her advantage greatly. Ooh, I'm excited. Come back next week. <laughs> the Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty for all your fighting in the Lord's battle. And you have done, and, all, and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. I know who you are. I know what's going on with Saul. I can see it. So can everyone else. Even when you are chased by those who want to kill you, Saul. Your life is safe as the care of the Lord your God, secure in his treasure pouch. But the lives of your enemies will disappear like stones shot from a sling. Is she referring to Goliath? She is. Honey, if God would use you to kill a, a giant, I am not going to become your enemy. And one more thing, ladies. You don't want to be his enemy. He's a warrior. A lot of arguments happen in home because you crossed a line. We went and got quiet in here and we changed <laughs> churches. I'm not saying all. You remember? Your husband may be Nabal. That's your fault. You married the wrong guy. 
or your husband may be a Jesus. And that's what you want. Okay. When the Lord has done all he promised and made you the leader of Israel, don't let this blemish your record. And your conscience will not have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And the Lord has done these things for you. Remember me. Come on, this this, this is better than Hallmark. I mean, guys, this is good. David replied to Abigail, praise the Lord. (laughs) I found someone with brains who sent me to meet you. Thank God for your good sense. Look at that. Thank God for your brains, lady. You're a good woman. Now, is this harming her? Is submission harming her? Is respect harming her? It is not. It's doing her good. Okay. We're going to read it. I'm going to get this cuss word out of your your box today, ladies. I'm going to teach you how powerful it is when your husband is working for you. Now, I'm going to give you a secret here. Treat him now like you did when you were dating. He'll kill himself for you. He'll do anything in the world for you. This, yeah, all the men are like, preach it to her one more time, brother. <laughs> Bless you for keeping me from murder and from carrying vengeance on my own hands. I swear by the Lord God of Israel who kept me from hurting you that if you had not hurried out to meet me, none of Nabal's men would be alive by tomorrow morning. David accepted her present and told her, return home in peace. I have heard what you said. We will not kill your husband. When Abigail arrived home, she found Nabal was throwing a big party for himself and acting like a king. He isn't. But he sure is acting like he's one. Just because you got money don't make you something. Not if you're an idiot. He was very drunk, so she didn't tell him anything. When he's drunk, leave him alone. Me and my husband got in an argument. When he was drunk, no way. About meeting with David until the next day. In the morning when Nabal was sober, his wife told him what happened. Now, what, now what it, she didn't scold him. She went in there and said, I fixed your problem. But I'm going to tell you something, dear. You'd be dead right now. I got men and women both thinking right now. As a result, he had a stroke. He had a heart attack. Because he's, the reason he screams and hollers and jumps up and down is because he's not a man. Just acts like one. David is. He lay paralyzed in his bed like a stone, and 10 days later, the Lord struck him and he died. We're not going to get into the sovereignty of God right now. We're going to have to leave that for another day. But you know, there is a thing where you need to watch what you do to his kids. David heard that Nabal was dead. He said, praise the Lord who avenged me and, and I 
and the insult I received from Nabal and has kept me from doing it myself. Nabal received the punishment for sin and David sent messengers to Abigail's house and asked her to become his wife. Now, she ain't dumb by any stretch of the imagination. She's got her high set. She sees a warrior coming going, well, I got some figs for that boy. Now, I'm going to jump way ahead of myself, and I'm going to show you something that's in your Bible. It says, and when the messengers arrived at Carmel and told Abigail, David sent to take you back to marry him, she bowed to the ground and responded, I am your servant. I'll be happy to marry David. Oh, yeah, baby, I'll marry the king. I would even be willing to become a slave and wash his feet. Now, before you get mad, isn't that what Jesus told you to do? Isn't that what makes him great? What makes you great? Yes. And I'm about to read right now, you're going to get a little bit of a picture of this lady. Washed the feet of his servants, quickly getting ready. She took five of her servants. She ain't no poor woman. Hey, you servant girls, pack it up. We're going to the, we're going to the throne. Now, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. I'm going to say I'm going to get way ahead of myself. She will soon be the second in command in all of Israel. Are y'all getting this? I said this earlier, and I'm going to say it again. You can't make him a king, but he can make you a queen. You say, well, he needs some brains. That's why God gave you to him. But he is the one that will take the throne. And then the Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up. Submission lifts you. Rebellion lifts. There's a lot of busted homes because women just have never learned to be quiet. I'm going to tell you a thing or two. Yeah, and he's carnal and he's walking. Abigail could have gotten David's face and her husband would have died and all the men would have died and left her with her six servants and all their little donkeys and do what she'd black God wants to do with them. And she wouldn't be where she is now. Men, I, I have really worked hard today. <laughs> he who finds a wife finds a good thing and finds favor with God. Submission in respect to strength of character. Pretty good, amen. She bowed down to the ground and responded, I am your servant. I'll be happy to marry David. I'd be willing to take him, become a slave. Quickly get ready. She took along with her servants, girls, mounted on donkeys, went to David's mission, so she became his wife. No dumb woman here. Say no dumb woman here. All right. A man is designed to conquer. That's what he does. Don't you become the enemy. 
become his asset. And once he sees that, he'll cherish you. David went and went, that woman that came to me, you go find that lady. I'm going to marry that woman. Because he knew he needed her. Say, my husband needs me. All right. All you men okay? We got another scripture to look at. Go to Matthew 8. You say, what kind of Father's Day message is this? Good one. Again, I'm going to say this. I think a male, the, the adult male is probably the most misunderstood. I mean, watch a man in a football game. Kill him! You don't want to take that out of him. You want that in him Monday morning. When he comes home on Monday night and going, just say, you got it, baby. Get back up on Tuesday morning and go do it again, honey. Matthew 8, verse 5. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came and pled with him and said, Lord, my servant lies home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, I'm going to come and heal him. The centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy you come under my roof. But you speak a word and my servant will be healed. I also, also, say also, also. am a man under authority. So what is a God-man? If a, if a Christian man is a warrior, how do you curb that? He must be a man of God, made by God, like God, under God. Somebody's got to be able to say, this you don't do. This. That's why David stopped. He stopped because of the fear of God. Nabal had no fear of God. This is the centurion. And I want you to notice, Jesus did not rebuke him for being a soldier. He actually said, I haven't found your faith in all of Israel. He is complimenting a soldier on acting like a soldier. But a soldier out of control is not good. Think of Putin. Listen, every man wants to conquer the world. It's just that some of them are very immoral. When Jesus returns... You know, y'all are not going to be able to handle what I'm about to say. Whose blood do you think is going to be up to his horse's bridle? Everybody at Armageddon Bay, he's coming back. He, he's got, well, never mind. His garments are going to be covered in blood. The blood of who? Not his this time. I can't wait. I'm looking for someone in the White House that's got some backbone. By God, Amen. right is right and wrong is wrong, and if you don't like it, have a good day. Well, 
I, you know what? I wish preachers would get a backbone. I just wish, by God, some preachers got some backbone. America would be in the mess it's in today if you'd get up in the pulpit and quit being afraid of what people are going to think if you preach on something. I like something that Josh told me. He says they call um, John Bevere, John Severe. I can imagine that, but by God, somebody's got to say it. All right, all right, boy, that's... Josh heard this. He was amazed with those who followed him and said, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Thank you, woman. <laughs> you know what a conqueror is? Muhammad Ali. You know what more than a conqueror is? His wife, she got the paycheck. <laughs> She's like, baby, where's the money? You look bad. Someone fix his face. Oh, help me, Jesus. I got to read out of my Bible. I don't like reading off screen. I don't even know what I said wrong, but I probably, it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, this is the second time this year I've been wrong. Actually, I wasn't wrong the last time I thought I was wrong, and I was wrong about being wrong. I called Jesus Josh. I might call Josh Jesus. <laughs> Same thing. All right. I'm a man under authority, and I have soldiers under me. Let me tell you something. A man is an authority figure. And you need to let him do his job. But the difference between a man, a warrior, a, a good man is a warrior who controls himself. He has a set of standards that says that's not right. But you want him to be mean as hell when he needs to be. Oh, and I know y'all didn't think. That's not a cuss word. It's a place. I just got myself in trouble. Get them. In the middle of the night, and there's a thump, Lisa goes, get your gun, go outside. And I'm like, why is it always me? And she said, you the man. So I tell my boys, don't come up tonight and open the door and walk in the bedroom. Not in my house. You don't want to do it. Honey, where's Josh? I don't know. Where's Justin? I, he was in the living room a while ago. I just tell him, don't do it. Don't do it. Boy, that's too much. Yeah, just knock and go, Dad, it's us. How am I doing, baby? All right. I say go, and this one goes, another one comes, and he comes. And he had heard it marveled and said, surely I have not found such great faith. He called understanding authority faith. I'm, I'm going to talk to you ladies a minute. I'm not asking you to have faith in him, but I am asking you to have faith in God. God will take care of you. Your husband gets out of line. Abigail knew, you, you don't want to mess with God. 
because he loves me. I am very aware I married God's daughter. And she's aware she married God's son. I'm going to go over and tell you a story right now, and I, we have time to do it. When I, when I was working with Tom Copeland, and I went through a divorce with my daughter's mom, and the Lord says, this is your next wife. I want you to get on with your life. And let me tell you something. Lisa and I got along real good because of one thing. There's Lisa brought one thing with her into our relationship, respect for who I am. Now listen to what I'm going to say to you. I'm not calling every man in here into the ministry. But when, if God calls me to do something, I need my wife to believe in me that I can do what God called me. Do you understand that? I needed a woman with me. And I told her when we were dating, I said, I need to warn you, it'll be hard being married to me. Not because of me, which y'all were thinking. <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit. My God, we've thought that before. Okay, listen. Because every devil in hell wants me stopped. Now, you'll have money, and you'll have houses, and you'll have jet skis, and she does, and boats, and she does, and paddle boards, and she does, and swimming pools, and she does. I said, but my primary in life, that is not what I'm doing. And I need you to believe in me as a man. What I need out of you is respect. And she gave it, and she did believe in that. And that's how come we've been able to get along. Do you all understand that? A man, ladies, your husband, you need to be his hero. You need to believe in him. If he's, a, if he's a son of God, he has the mind of Christ, and he has the wisdom of God. And yes, he's a handful, but he's not supposed to be toward you. The difference here is when respect is in the home, that man will make it. Boy, I'm preaching better than y'all a minute. It's not a place of being a servant. It's a place of getting behind him and going, I'm, gonna, you're the, I'm the best thing that ever happened to you, buddy. Now go to work. Amen. Authority is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with having a man that's a warrior. Men, there's nothing wrong with you having anger issues. Don't let the world tell you, you ain't supposed to have no anger issue. Yes, you are. At the right things. The right way controlled. When I pull out on the highway out here, I want the cops. I, I want them out there. And when you go by 90, I want you to tick them off. Because I don't want your bumper in mine. You understand? I want them to be a warrior so that I am safe out there. Are y'all out there? When men get up and leave America and go overseas, you don't want the battle here. You want the battle there. And you want him to eat, sleep, and drink guns. Oh, we don't have those in our house. You might want to get one. Now, I'm going I'm to tell you one more thing. I'm at, I know I'm, I, I'm almost 70. 
the chances of me getting in a fight with you and whipping you is slim. There was a day I whoop you and your brother. And I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, I kick you faster than you're, you ever, but not now. So I carry. And I know you carry. That's why I'm faster with a gun than you are. Are y'all out there? You go home. I mean, my God, just don't sit back and take a whooping. <laughs> If you're a girl and you can't beat a big guy up, get a Glock. <laughs> oh, boy. How do you end this, Lisa? I mean, I'm, I'm all right, I'm doing good. I got, a, I got page two. I'm on page one. I'm going to go through this quick. Okay, men, if you're not getting respect, do you know how to get it? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how to always get respect because you need it. Number one, respect yourself. Don't ever forget that the rest of your life. If you want everyone else to like you, you need to like you. Do you believe in yourself? Ain't a woman want to be married to a man with no confidence. I'm just looking for a wife. Honey, you are one. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> just strike that off, too. I, that was, I better turn the page. I'm, <laughs> Number one, respect yourself. Be honest with yourself. Men need respect. It's your food. Be honest with yourself. Um, stay in your lane. Don't, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. You do what God called you to do, not what everybody else is doing. You be you. You be the best you you can be. People come to this church and go, Old Joel Osteen does it this way. And I said, move to Houston, honey. <laughs> I tried to be Joel Osteen one day. It did not work very long. I mean, I just not Joel Osteen. <laughs> I decided since there's only one of me, shine, baby, shine. All right. <laughs> Number two, men, be confident. Boldness. Is in God is God confident, arrogance is self-confidence. Confidence in itself is not bad, but my faith is in God that causes me to be bold. It also causes me not to always feel like I got to do what you think I should do. Now, I don't know how many people here know me, my personality, but I always have somebody want me to put in there and want me to get in their box. You don't want me in your box. I will blow your box up. <laughs> one lady told me one time, she said, we don't ever know what you're going to say or do. And I went, neither does the devil. <laughs> we want you to run with the crowd. I am the crowd. Is that all right with y'all men? I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to help you, sinner. 
Number two. Number two. <laughs> Confident men don't grovel. We don't like you. Good. <laughs> I've run off better people than you. Confident men are not needy. Oh, baby, don't leave me. I'm not going down that one. <laughs> Confident men do not, does not come from what you do. It comes from who you are. You're a son of God. You're a child of God. You're a man of God. Even a failure, you're a man of God on a bad day. All right, let me go through. Let me, let me jump. Okay, number three, chase purpose, not things. Have a reason you wake up in the morning. Bigger than yourself. Number four, stand up for yourself and your values. Number five, stand up for what's right. Okay, I got more than that. I got more than that. That's as much as I want to give you today. That's as far as y'all can go. All the women are like, praise the name of Jesus, and all the men are going, woo, let's do that one more time. Wow, isn't that good? Father's happy Father's Day. What the world's lacking right now is men, men of character. You want to stick out, stick out in the crowd, you be a man. You be your own man. You be the man God called you to be. But you control yourself. You make someone control you. In my house, I'm the head of my house. I don't, I don't ask who, I don't. I don't get Lisa's permission to live for God. My kids grew up watching Daddy pray, watching Daddy interact with Mom, watching Daddy say, I'm sorry. Children need a father that they can, they can look at and go, that's what I want to be like. But I'm going to tell you this, I'm a long ways from perfect. But I have a perfect heart, and that makes a difference. And that's one of the reasons why Lisa and I, we, we have a great marriage. She is a sensible woman. I can tell you how to, I can prove to you she's smart. She married me. Oh, that was good. I realize there's men in here that you grew up and you, you, your dad was Nathan. Your dad was Solomon. Nothing I can do about it. I grew up without a dad. My dad was a Marine Corps pilot, 20 years in Korea and, and World War II. He came home an alcoholic. I don't blame him for that. But I grew up without a dad. Didn't have any idea what, I didn't even know what a man was. I thought a man was John Wayne Clint Eastwood. Hit him or shoot him. Still believe that a little bit. <laughs> but I'm controlled. But man, I'm going to tell you something. Your family needs you, and they need men in the house that lead their homes. Don't ever apologize for anybody on this planet for being a warrior. You like motorcycles? Ride them. You like shooting guns? Shoot them. Like playing golf? Don't make it. Don't make it. Don't make it number one. You be a you be a husband to that woman you married. You be a, a father to that child you brought in. When someone's going to suffer in your house, it's going to be you. They're going to give you the respect, and you are.
going to take responsibility. And once I was laying block up here in Sanford and I'm, I broke my ribs. I was pushing a wheelbarrow up into a dumpster and I broke my ribs. I got a family. Next day I woke up and I looked at Lisa and I said, bandage my ribs. I've got to go to work. That's a dad. Your kids may not understand it until later. You're the one putting the roof over their house. You're the one keeping the home going. And let me tell you something. Life is tough. But God made you more than a conqueror. Did y'all enjoy this today? So anyway, men, my hat is off to you. I'm going to tell you this. I know life hadn't been easy for most of you. I know that. Matter of fact, it's tough. But you're more than capable. I want you to remember the rest of your life. Jesus is a warrior. He's a fighter. And he made you a fighter. Just make sure you're fighting the right battles. All right, I'm going to pray and turn this over to this beautiful woman right here. Amen? Father God, thank you this morning for the men that are in this room and the young men. I, if I had my, my way, take these young men off and just teach them how to overcome the world they're living in and be the man of God that God called them to be, like Adam, like he did Adam, like Jesus. And I pray for the men that are in here that no matter what they've been through in life, I pray that today they walked in and God encouraged that there's nothing wrong with their personality. That's the way you made them. They're just like you, Papa. They're also to know they're to be like Jesus and know when to use it and when not to. They're to know when to lay their life down and when to take it back. They're to know when to fight and when not to. And I thank you for every man in this room. And if there's any of them here today that are not born again and they're like Saul or Nabal and don't know you, I pray they would today walk up and go, I think it's time for me to change kingdoms. And Father, thank you for every man, every male, every young man in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, Bud Rowe. Doesn't Justin look good? I think his father bought him a suit. What a great father. He's not giving it to the woman. He's giving it to the man who identifies as a man. So, But what he said was good about what kingdom do you identify under? Are you a man like Nabal? Are you a man like King David where you fear God? If you've walked in here today and you say, I don't know if I'm born again, if I'm saved, we're going to have our altar team come on up. They're going to be able to pray with you. You're not accidentally going to stumble into heaven And that's why we take time during the altar call. Because the Bible says that broad is the way that will lead to destruction and many people will go by it. But he says narrow is the gate which will lead to eternal life. And Jesus says in Acts 4.12, he says, By no other name men shall be saved but yet through the name of Jesus. Why? Because in Hebrews it says, I'm going to read this to you. We become children, partakers of flesh and blood. He himself shared the same. That means Jesus and us shared the same death that when you believe in him, that through his death, he might destroy the works of the devil. Adam died spiritually. The Bible says there's three deaths. There's a spiritual death, there's a physical death, and then there's the last death, which is called the eternal death, which will be the last death will be the uh, lake of fire, which God did not make for man. He made it for Satan and his angels who rebelled. But Adam had died uh, spiritually, And then he died physically, which means Adam was separated from God. And he did that to every man on the earth. It's not your fault. 
but it will be your fault if you don't choose Jesus. Because Jesus came, died, took back death, the keys to death. He says, I've been given the keys to the kingdom, and you have to confess Jesus as Lord. If you've walked in here today and you say, I hope I'm going to heaven, you're not, don't hope and go to heaven because broad is that way that'll go that way. If you said, I've confessed Jesus as Lord, then you are, are going to heaven. Why? Because with confession, you've made salvation. as like David, under a man under authority, his lordship. But I want to offer you, come and pray. Don't just say, I believe in God. Satan believes in God, and he's not going to heaven. He was thrown out. Why? Because he's rebellious towards God. Jesus says, you call me Lord, but yet you don't do nothing, I say. So he says, by no other name. So we're going to legally get into God through the name of Jesus. I taught that in first service. The name is the legal right as as powerful as the man Jesus himself. Jesus paid the debt. If you die, I told this to a girl the other night, and, and you stand before God, why would he let you go to heaven? Well, Jesus, if you were born again, Jesus is going to say he belongs to me. I'm his Lord. Come on in. You're not going to fight for yourself like David. You're, you're going to let the Lord fight your battle. So if you've never made Jesus Lord, it's the best thing you can do in your life. It is coming back in union, back in fellowship, which Adam had lost in the garden. And the only way you're coming back is through the name of Jesus. And so- we hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.